I always felt like we were playing cards where we're like, I will give you one brawn panties match for in exchange for throwing me through a table. Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. We are three weeks from tomorrow from the most stupendous WrestleMania, the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, the showcase of the immortals, the grandest stage of them all, and day by day by day, the WrestleMania weekend card continues to take shape. So much to get to today as we do every week on After the Bell but I need a little help navigating the waters. So I have summoned the Dobby to my Lucius Malfoy, the voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. I've been on a Harry Potter kick, Vic. Never in my life have I read a book about Harry Potter or have I seen a movie about Harry Potter until beginning about two weeks ago, my youngest daughter, my eight-year-old, requested that we start diving into the Harry Potter movie series. And... I'm a little bit embarrassed to announce this publicly, but I'm kind of a Harry Potter head now. Really? That that would not expect that. No, you would never expect it. I didn't expect to. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this nicely. I'm going to spend a little quality time with my daughter and watch a movie. And I got done and I thought to myself, man, I kind of get it now. Because just age-wise, I, I missed, I was a little too old for the books when they started catching fire. And by the time the movies came out, I was like, I'm too cool for this. I have no interest in a child wizard. But uh, little did I know that it was pretty interesting. Are you a, are you a Potter guy? I struggled to get through four and a half of them, and I'm out. Okay, Done. well, you made it through four and a half. That's my point. I didn't expect to like one, and I've already gotten through two. I struggled through two, thought three was okay. Four. I will tell you what I am a fan of, Harry Potter World at Universal. I That's had a, a blast time. there, but I had no idea what the references were. I didn't know the significance other than the cool-ass fire-breathing dragon that rains down flames on everybody every like 15 minutes or so it's kind of convenient but uh yeah that's the big revelation in my life i know i i hyped up wrestlemania for the first 30 seconds of this show and nearly ran out of breath but this is what's been fresh on my mind this is why i introduced you as such you're like my little house troll this episode is brought to you by hotels.com i was traveling internationally last year i was in mallorca I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com.
Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. I actually have a bone to pick with you from Monday. What have I done now? How many pot shots did you need to make at the city of Cleveland? There was Mistake by the Lake. There was all sorts of other ones you said. The one I'll give you credit for was Joe Boo. Right, because it's the greatest sports movie of all time, Major League, and I referenced Joe Boo. I'm I'm surprised. It took a lot in me to not just quote Harry Doyle all night long. I was waiting for opportunities. I got the Joe Boo reference in, and then it was all downhill from there. But I honestly, I like Cleveland. I do. I was born in Pittsburgh, so by definition, I have to despise the city of Cleveland because of our sports rivalries. That is correct. But realistically speaking, Cleveland's a pretty cool city. I got to drive into work on Monday before Raw, got to hang out, had a Lucky Charms latte, which I don't want to get into that any further. It was a, a real experience that you I've You and I already got into it via text, actually. Yeah. Which was a very rare occasion. I was sitting in the airport at Hopkins because I was in Cleveland prior to Monday Night Raw, and I sent you a text, and it didn't dawn on me, oh, he's just going to drive in. Why would I see him in the airport? I had false hope in my heart that I was going to see you walking by. You have built up expectations that I could not deliver upon. Yeah. That's kind of the story of my life and my career. You know, it's exceeding expectations. What's that? Corey and Carmella. Congratulations. Sure All is. the episodes Great. are up. That was a hell of a segue. I appreciate that. Corey and Carmella, the brand new reality show starring myself and my much better half and all of the ancillary parts of our real life. A look behind the curtain that is drastically different from how we are presented on Monday Night Raw, which we will talk about in great depth in a few minutes. But in the immediate aftermath, as we record these Wednesday mornings, I am still buzzing about what we saw last night. USA Network, NXT Roadblock. We got a new champion, Vic. We do. And the fun thing about all of this is the reaction from the universe. The reaction from those that were in in NXT yesterday that were watching this matchup. Because I don't think that there was a soul there. I don't think there was a soul watching that thought Dolph Ziggler was going to win the NXT championship because why would the guy from Monday night raw defeat the guys that were in NXT? That doesn't, that doesn't happen in this universal bubble that we're in on the road to WrestleMania. And this is why it's so exciting to me because I agree with you. I was as shocked as anybody when Dolph Ziggler got the one, two, three brand new NXT champion defeated Tommaso Ciampa, not Braun breaker. If we're being specific, uh, Ciampa was the one who was pinned, which is of great importance because Braun breaker has not been defeated. As as NXT champion, Correct. it was a triple threat match. Such are the rules. But this is such an awesome opportunity. Not only was it a shocking, whoa, nobody saw that coming moment. But think of all the layers to Dolph Ziggler coming into NXT and becoming the, the kingpin of Tuesday nights. The value that Dolph Ziggler will bring, not only to the show for the viewing audience, as one of arguably the most underrated in-ring performers of our generation. I think it's amazing that Dolph maybe because of his positioning on the card is not looked at in the same light that I believe he should as one of the best technicians, the way that the company views Dolph Ziggler in that he is one of the most trusted veterans on the roster and has a wealth of knowledge and is kind of the measuring stick as to whether or not somebody has what it takes to get to the next level. Dolph has maybe not even on screen, but in reality taken on sort of that gatekeeper role. If you can't go out there and tear it down with Dolph Ziggler, you don't really probably belong on Monday or Friday nights, period. And right now on Tuesdays. Or on Tuesdays. 
So now you've got, and it's so cool because to your point, the perception of, well, why would a, a raw guy come in and defeat the NXT champion and, and the number one contender in a triple threat match? It tells the story right there because it's Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's been world champion, not just NXT champion. Dolph Ziggler cashed in money in the bank to this day. One of the most cool memories I ever remember being present for in New Jersey after WrestleMania cashed in, won the world heavyweight championship. Dolph Ziggler has held basically every title there is aside from WWE and universal titles. It makes sense from an outsider's perspective going, well, that's like saying, oh man, I can't believe Juan Soto hit a home run off of Triple A's best prospect. Of course you do. He's Juan Soto. He's in the show. He's one of the big time players in, in baseball. I don't know why that was the first name that came to mind. I mean, insert. You're really thirsty here. for some baseball, aren't you? I'm dying, man. It's it's eating me alive. I'm usually so excited this time of year watching spring training and everything. And this just breaks my heart a little more every day. And you laugh because you have no soul and you hate America uh, and you hate the great American pastime. And, and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for you just saved yourself a rant is what you did. But anyway, as I was saying, Dolph Ziggler as NXT champion, Dolph for all intents and purposes should have won the match on Tuesday yeah, on night. Paper 100%, yeah. And Dolph Ziggler did. But now what you have is you have a legitimate, recognizable, credible champion on Tuesday nights at least for the foreseeable future that everybody now has to measure up to. Not only from bell to bell on television or at stand and deliver or whatever that the situation may be. You have Dolph Ziggler as a, a, an invaluable tool to the entire roster. And I'm talking about what goes on before the TV cameras go on. This is Dolph Ziggler who has done everything there is to do essentially in this game. He is now an asset for the men and women on Tuesdays looking to make that next step, that next leap. Dolph, you know Dolph. You've got to spend some time with him and get to know him. Dolph's a hilarious human being. He's a great personality. But Dolph isn't that guy who wants to sit around and pontificate and, and hold court, so to speak, like some of the veterans like to do to tell everybody all of the things that they know. But speaking from personal experience, as, I, as we often talk about TV locker room here, which is my favorite part about Mondays, the, the crew and the cast of, of legends that walk through there that I'm lucky enough to, to interact with, Dolph hangs out in there. That's where Dolph and Rude get dressed, in the TV locker room, where you've got your MVPs, where you've got Edge, where you've got these incredible minds that I get to sit there and absorb like a sponge. And all it takes is a few questions, and Dolph gets on a roll. Dolph gets on a run, and Dolph starts telling stories and recollecting. And, and he's an amazing storyteller. But in the story, as entertaining as they may be, there is always knowledge. So if anybody in the NXT locker room has the opportunity to pick Dolph Ziggler's brain, even for five minutes. Ask him to watch your match. Ask him what he thought about this, that, other thing. Dolph is now an invaluable tool and measuring stick for everybody on Tuesday nights. And that is good for business. And that is good for NXT 2.0. And that is hopefully good for Raw and SmackDown. Because now we're going to have more well-rounded superstars to flood the shows in the future. Well, it was also, from a selfish standpoint here, as you just talked about, the NXT title now will be seen every Monday on Monday Night Raw when Dolph Ziggler shows up. So now just by proxy, what's what championships he holding if I if I've never heard of NXT? NXT, what's that? Oh, it's right. on Tuesdays cuz you're going to see the graphic. Stand and Delivers coming up WrestleMania Saturday, which by the way, tickets are on sale right now if you're listening to this on Friday, tickets are available now. 
uh, for NXT stand and deliver. When you, when I look at it from a fan perspective, man, this is wild because there's always twists and turns on the road to WrestleMania. You and I have been saying that since December, since before we even started the Royal Rumble. But for Dolph Ziggler to come into NXT to now represent this brand, he is a superstar that gets overlooked. You ran through all the championships he's had. He's won money in the bank. Remember when he was the sole survivor for Team WWE? Right. There's so much stuff he's done in the annals of this industry and of this company that it only can do good. And what I've loved about this year for NXT, AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, these superstars that are pros, pros coming back and giving back to that next generation of superstar to help a Braun Breaker, to help a Grayson Waller grow. Because when they grow, as you mentioned, they can grow into a role that then they are a bona fide superstar once they walk into Raw or walk into SmackDown. It's not dissimilar to what Finn Balor spoke about last yeah, week here 100%. on After the Bell about how once upon a time NXT was designed. I know we weren't calling it developmental anymore, but let's call it what it is. It's it's essentially a a launch pad to Raw or SmackDown. And now you have one of the best to ever do it inside the ring at your disposal on Tuesday nights. And I just hope everybody on the roster realizes what an asset having Dolph Ziggler on your same show, on your same brand, even if it's only for a finite period of time, having Dolph Ziggler on Tuesday nights in that position on the roster is truly, I know I've said it a million times at this point, invaluable to everyone on that roster. But we did get a glimpse of former NXT champion now, Braun Breaker on Monday Night Raw, which is another wild claim, bold prediction I think I made regarding Braun when he was on the show a few months ago. I said somewhere in WrestleMania season, (laughs) uh, Braun has appeared on Monday Night Raw. To my knowledge, I don't believe that was a full-time promotion, so to speak. I think it was kind of just to get Braun's feet wet. I thought Braun had a great showing for himself on Monday nights. You could notice it. You could feel it in Cleveland. When Braun made his entrance, a lot of the WWE Universe weren't sure. They weren't sure who this guy is because unless you watch NXT, you wouldn't really know. We showed the little destruction package of Braun. Braun came out, looked awesome, picked up a win with Champa. Uh, it, it was it was a great hey guys. Just so you know what we have in the wings waiting, what we have coming up the pipeline for the future of Raw and SmackDown. You've got Braun Breaker to look for, not to mention a litany of other superstars. I talked to Wade Barrett about this actually before the show began about Braun specifically. And, and we've had Wade on the show and we've, he's done WrestleMania intercontinental champion, King of the ring. There's a list of stuff for Wade Barrett. I said, Wade, how many matches has Braun breaker had? And Wade and I were really thinking about it. We came up with less than 30 matches. Yeah. And in less than 30 matches, he has main evented special uh, events for NXT. He's main evented premium live events like war games He's won a championship, and not just a – he's won the championship on NXT. He's already successfully debuted on Raw. Could you fathom 30 matches into your career doing all of that? And Wade was like, hell no, I could be 400 matches, and I wouldn't have been ready to <laughs> that do was, that. That was about he to be did my it response. In 30. He did right. it in 30, less than 30. Right. It's mind-blowing. It really is, and absolutely, even even though he is no longer at this moment NXT champion, big things, no doubt, in the future for Braun Breaker. 
We actually have a lot to get to. You know how, Vic, sometimes we sit down to do this show and we're like, hmm, what are we going to discuss this week? There's actually too much to get to. So I'm going to uh, apologize to everyone as we rifle through some of these subjects because just based off of Monday Night Raw alone, we've got so much to discuss. But before we even arrived at Monday Night Raw, the most viewed Instagram post in WWE history was the aftermath of the showdown in Madison Square Garden with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Championship unification, winner take all, the biggest WrestleMania match in history. That's how it's been promoted. And based on the results of what went down in the garden, it's hard to argue. The numbers don't lie. This is already shaping up to be a mega epic showdown. Truly the biggest WrestleMania main event in history. Biggest WrestleMania match in in history, let alone main event. I, I love what we always talk about: the road to WrestleMania, the twists, the turns, what we're looking forward to. And we've talked about this before: the building of stories over a period of time. This story itself goes back years, which truly, is what I love. Truly. What not I just, love about it, not just the immediacy, the Correct. the long term story. Remember, it was WrestleMania in. The Bay Area. The main event, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And as we all know, it resulted in the greatest cash-in in Money in the Bank history. The heist, heist of, the, of century. the century. Jinx. Seth Rollins. And uh, you never really got that true, decisive, this guy's better than that guy. We still, to this day, as many interactions and collisions as they've had, and, and we've teased it and taunted it, we don't know. Because this is no longer the same Roman Reigns from that WrestleMania. This is no longer the same Brock Lesnar from that WrestleMania. These two have both evolved in their careers in a professional manner such that this is going to be a completely different matchup, arguably with two better versions of the superstars themselves. And that's what we've said a lot when it comes to, and I just want to focus on Roman Reigns. We've talked about Roman Reigns with many. You talk about Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble. A lot of history. Those two are operating on a whole different level than the time they met two years before. Correct. Roman Reigns continues to make leaps and bounds as a superstar. And it's mind-blowing to think. As a top guy. As, as the, the guy, guy. As the guy. And it's like, oh, he's the guy. Now he's the guy even more. Now he's the guy even more. And and, and it's it's masterful the way he is evolving, to use that word. And what, what the, the company... And what we do as the WWE as storytellers, what a story for, for Roman Reigns. What a story for Brock Lesnar. And this has been a wild week for WWE, unlike anything that I've seen since my time here or the time sitting with you on this podcast. Going back to Saturday to Monday to last night and hell, even what's going to happen tonight when you're listening to this on SmackDown. It's unreal to think of. It's the road to WrestleMania. And I know we've said it every every episode of ATB for the past several weeks, I've flaunted hey we are on the road to wrestlemania but i would say monday night truly solidified it feels like wrestling it's, it's like christmas time you know you, you finish thanksgiving and all of a sudden you go to the mall and the music's playing and you start seeing displays but it usually isn't until i don't know a few weeks into december where it really starts to feel like christmas time Ooh, and a nice we know it's hot coming chocolate and yeah, little marshmallows that, oh it tastes so good you're starting. To, you're acting very much like Byron Saxton right now, and I've never been more offended by you. You're watching Harry Potter. That's a Byron Saxton with thing. my child that I created. Yeah, on you, my I, well, you sneak some shows by yourself. 
I do. You're okay. Right. I do from time to time. But what, what I'm saying is the, the feeling, the tangible feeling of WrestleMania season began at the beginning of Monday Night Raw. That triple threat tag match for the Raw Tag Team Championships was one of the most exciting matches I've ever called on Monday Night Raw. Hats off to all six of those dudes because they put on a banger for a good 35, 40 minutes. I mean, it was it was like four or five segments of the show, which ordinarily is a lot to ask of fans to sit through the same action. Usually that's that's reserved for the, the most hardcore parts of the community. It was absolutely incredible. The spectacle of Randy hitting the RKO on Gable mid-moonsault. Oh. If you didn't, for some reason, see this match, I'm not even saying go back and rewatch Raw, although I think you should. Make sure you go out of your way to check out the triple threat match that kicked off Monday Night Raw. It sucks that the Alpha Academy lost the Raw tag team titles. I can't ever be mad at RK-Bro because despite what I say on commentary, I find them as a team highly entertaining and incredible. And Orton is somehow experiencing a resurgence of sorts after all these years, after everything Randy Orton has accomplished. This is like a, a fresh coat of paint, for lack of a better phrase, Fair. on the Viper. And Orton is out there and he looks rejuvenated. He looks energized. It's, it's, it's almost like Randy has aged in reverse since pairing up with Riddle. You know, a motivated Randy Orton is the best Randy Orton. Because let's be honest, we all go just through the motion sometimes. Even you and I do it. But man, he has a different twinkle in his eye right now. Yeah, you're, you're For whatever the reason right. is. For whatever the reason agree. is. Because Randy's having fun. You know how this business is, and anybody who's in it, especially in this company, and you're, it can be a grind. It can be exhausting. It can be like Groundhog Day sometimes. So when you get that little morsel to latch onto that gives you satisfaction again, Randy Orton doesn't need the money. Randy Orton could retire comfortably tomorrow, but Randy Orton has refound, rediscovered the passion inside and almost reminded himself what he's capable of, and that's in no small part due to Riddle. Yeah. Is that the best RKO you, it's you, be you've there. ever seen? I mean, we I'm always still, see the Evan Bourne uh, shooting star press. and Evan Bourne but, was cool. To me, for my money, the best one of all time was the same WrestleMania we just mentioned when it was Orton and Rollins. And Rollins went for the stomp, and instead Orton stood up and launched him about 15 feet in the air into the RKO. That's, that for my money, the greatest of all time. We want you guys to weigh in. Use the hashtag after the bell. Hit us up on social media. What is the single greatest RKO of all time. You mentioned Evan Bourne. We saw Chad Gable Monday night, Seth freaking Rollins. I mean, there are a million, probably literally, to choose from. But uh, hey, you can go on WWE on Peacock and relive all the RKOs if you really want to. I'm sure there's got to be a top 50 somewhere that someone's created at this I'm point. I'm sure. I'm sure. No doubt about it. Elsewhere on Monday Night Raw, as again, I'm, I'm not going to give as much love to everything because we just simply don't have time. I have to talk about the very end of the night because it's what the whole wrestling business, the entertainment industry is buzzing about to this very moment. Desperate for a WrestleMania opportunity, Kevin Owens calls down the thunder. Kevin Owens calling out Stone Cold Steve Austin, which in and of itself, as it was happening, seemed ridiculous and so far-fetched. But okay, it's Texas. Stone Cold at WrestleMania feels right. Was Stone Cold going to accept? Well, we got our answer. We didn't have to wait very long. Tuesday morning on social media, Austin dropped his response in a freaking epic video. 19 years ago, I wrestled my last match in a WWE ring. After three rock bottoms, one, two, three, I lost the match. 
And for 19 years, I've had to live with that defeat, knowing my time was up. Kevin Owens, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for waking something up deep inside me that I've kept buried for 19 years. Ever since you started running that damn mealy mouth of yours talking about the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, you got my attention. And why would you want to do that, Kevin? I can think of two reasons. One, you are one dumb son of a bitch. And two, you are fixing to get your ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Whether you want to call this a KO show, a match, a fight, a brawl, whatever, I will guarantee you this. In Dallas, Texas, where I started my career at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to open up one last can of whoop ass on you, Kevin Owens. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Hey, you talk about you, you just somebody who has never lost it. That was Stone Cold in, in his final form, exactly how you would want to remember. Austin, of course, anytime you've seen him, he's still in amazing physical condition. Here's my question for you, though, Vic. It's exciting as hell to have Austin as part of WrestleMania in Dallas. It feels right. It's exactly how it should be. Was Austin dropping a few hints, leaving a few breadcrumbs in the video? Because I mentioned it on Monday Night Raw that it had been 19 years since Stone Cold Steve Austin had competed in a WWE ring. As far as I know, Kevin Owens was simply inviting Stone Cold onto the KO show at WrestleMania. In and of itself, going to be great. You're going to hear Austin's glass shatter and AT&T Stadium is going to possibly implode. It, it, it's That in and of itself, to me, gets me fired up for WrestleMania. But Austin himself referenced that it's been 19 years since he's opened a can of whoop-ass, so to speak. Was Austin letting us know something that maybe we didn't expect or we did expect? Was he confirming something or is Austin just throwing us off, off the trail? I don't care what he did. Whatever he said fired me up for three weeks from tomorrow because he said it doesn't matter if it's a show, a match, or a brawl. He, he left those crumbs, but it's what he said at the end. I will open one last can of whoop-ass, which makes me think right. Steve Austin is coming with a plan, and we might get to steal a phrase from Mr. McMahon, the old stone cold, when we get to WrestleMania. Because when I hear the glass break, even in Cleveland, for, uh, for, a, for a, a graphic that popped up, I stood up off my couch. So I can imagine what Cleveland, <laughs> Ohio did, and I can only imagine what, the, what WrestleMania is going to do in Dallas. Oh, you son of a bitch. I'm upset with you, too, because you get, to, you get to sit ringside for Stone Cold Steve Austin and probably scream stunner. The fan in me is starting to come out sitting here right now just talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, if you're talking about being a fan in that promo that Austin dropped, he referenced 19 years, which 19 years ago in my book is probably my favorite Stone Cold match of all time, which at the time we didn't realize was probably going to be Austin's final match with The Rock at WrestleMania 19. Now, the fans and, and any list that WWE puts out, WrestleMania 17, Austin versus Rock, is always near the top of the list of some of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever. To me... As a fan, WrestleMania 19, to borrow a phrase from uh, WWE 2K22, 
just hit different to me. You're good. That's good. That's the lot. ending. The ending of that matchup with Rock delivering three Rock bottoms because they just wouldn't put Austin away. And Austin just kept fighting, kept fighting. And then at the end, you have that moment that does live on with Rock whispering to Austin because Rock and Austin, I think at that point, were the only two that realized that was Stone Cold's journey off into the sunset. But if you're listening to this and you don't vividly remember WrestleMania 19, Austin versus Rock, go back and watch it right now. It's on Peacock. It is absolutely magical to me as a, as a fan of this and just motion. And the match itself is fun. It's a brawl. They're all over the place. But just the story of The Rock is the hottest thing in the world. Austin is Austin. He's going to fight like hell till he can't fight anymore. And you see the rattlesnake run out of fight. And, and just the story they told was absolutely memorable and incredible. And one of my favorite matches of all time. And for my money, I enjoy it better than the WrestleMania 17 match. I'm not going to argue with anybody. Everybody's got their own opinion. Just for me, that to me is one of my favorite Stone Cold matches. And that's what he was referencing in the promo. So make sure you go out of your way to check it out if you haven't. I remember WrestleMania 17 for the hype video beforehand with Limp Biscuit, which I think to me is the best vignette promo, whatever you want to call it, that WWE has ever produced. As far as what you're talking about, I think people would look at that match differently if they knew it was Stone Cold's last match. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I would agree. People would probably put that on a higher pedestal thinking, man, he went out with a a banger to steal a word from you. Yeah, and that makes me wonder. That that makes me wonder. And again, I don't know. I'm speculating, as we love to do regarding this business, because I genuinely swear on my children, I don't have the answer to this. I don't know what's going down. But based solely off of the video, Austin made a few hints that I feel like KO might be getting a little more than he is expecting at the showcase of the Immortals. And I'm excited for it, and I don't get excited for much. Well, that's because you're a jaded, miserable human being, which is why we have become friends. You know what I'm not jaded about, Vic? Our guest. Oh, I was going to say WWE 2K22, which, by the way, drops today. Well, I guess I am stoked about that because I need to hear the dulcet tones of my voice doing spectacular commentary for the duration of the game. But I'm more excited in the more immediate future about this woman who is joining the show. You saw her as recently as the Elimination Chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, where she competed against Raw Women's Champion, big time Becky Lynch. She doesn't even need that much of an introduction. She's a WWE Hall of Famer. She is the queen of extreme. Please welcome to After the Bell, Lita. Lita, it's been a few weeks now since your return match at the Elimination Chamber in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. You've had some time to catch your breath, maybe reflect a little bit. Now, rather than being 24 hours removed, what are your thoughts and reactions on your return match with Becky Lynch? Man, it's still so crazy. You're, you're right. Like I've, I've taken a breath. I've gotten the garden back in shape that was just trashed from having not been out there since Royal Rumble pretty much. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit, it's still surreal and it's a little bit like, um, relief, uh, happiness, but then, um, there's like, um, a hangover a bit. Because I know all about those, but not from having great (laughs) matches at (laughs) pay-per-views. 
<laughs> it was like so much excitement so fast that I was not expecting. And then now it's like, all right, time to like get back in your, um, in your groove, your, your Amy groove. Your normal nine to five, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it starts like really more around 1030 or 11. But yeah. step, step back into your human being clothes and enjoy your life. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. What was going through your mind when you accepted the opportunity to come back? Did you have any doubts in your mind? Were you worried that you were not going to be able to live up to the legacy that you've already carved to this point in your life? Totally. Johnny Ace was smart in asking me as I was coming out of Gorilla from Royal Rumble where my adrenaline was still sky high. And I'm just <laughs> okay. like, what? More? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, of course, I get back to the hotel and I was like, oh, okay. So... Um, what did I just sign up for? <laughs> totally, totally. And, you know, Becky and I had been plotting to have a match together for years. Um, and I don't know about Becky, but for me, it was like fantasy booking. I was like, it's not going to happen. So sure, let's let's just workshop this idea, right. you know? And so then when it became a reality, there was a lot of like, oh, oh wait, wait, um, like it was just, this was just like, um, I was like playing dress up, you know, when we were talking about this match. So there was a lot of doubt, but the good thing for me is I work best without overthinking things. And I didn't have a lot of time to overthink things because we were three weeks away from the moment of accepting. And then it kind of was like one thing led to another. I did start to get a little like, oh yeah, like I know how to do this. I know how to be Lita. Like, the fans were, I'll say this, like the fans and the women backstage were so, so much like not only a motivating factor for me, but like a source of comfort because they were all so encouraging. And, and I felt like they believed in me. So I was like, all right, like if you guys think I can pull this off, I guess I can pull this off. Well, it is Women's History Month that we're in the midst of right now. And even at this point in your career, you continue to make history. It was very well publicized in Saudi Arabia, which, as we all know, is an extremely different culture than our own here in America. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got, you know, ideas in their head. What was it like for you 
to head somewhere you had never been before and receive the reaction that you did and be on billboards, which is historic not only for WWE, but for women as a whole in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's crazy. I will say the first time the, the office sent me the billboard, I thought it was Photoshopped. Um, <laughs> not even as a joke, but just like, oh, like this is a big thing, you know? And I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if we were on billboards and like come to find out we are? So it, it was really, I think that kind of was like a thing that kind of gave me confidence going into it that was, like you stated, being a trailblazer 20 years ago and then kind of putting a little button on it now felt it just felt like I'm a big proponent of like wherever you are is where you should be so uh, I was like this is where you should be this is what you should be doing it's going to be fine like it's going to be what it should be you know like like the all of these moments along the way whether it was the fans reaction the women just like like giving me encouragement or like little moments like this I was like I just kept getting re reinforced that this was what I was supposed to be doing. When it comes to moments, the moment that stands out the most to me personally was what happened after the match. What was the first thing that went through your mind from the ovation from everyone in Jeddah? So first I thought, you know, we're used to working on the fly and, and I was like, let me just go do what they need to do from a show standpoint. And then once I got in the ring and everybody was like, standing up and you graves and, and Byron and, and Cole, like, I was like, Oh, this isn't, we're not killing time on the show. No, right? no. <laughs> so I think it was like, yeah, it just took a minute to sink in and then to, to see everybody there and to think about like transcending, like cross-culturally, like we know we're, we're in like, I don't know exactly the number, but like over a hundred countries for sure. And have been for decades, right. but you don't think of, these fans across the world that have connected with you, not just that night, but for, you know, having grown up with me. And so I think that was like something that I was connecting the dots in real time there. It was like, wow, it's not just these people that I've been able to meet over the years. It's people all over the world that have had a connection at, at some point with something that I've, I've done. And so it, um, yeah, it, it was, I was so appreciative to have, to have that moment number one, but to, to feel present in that moment and soak it in and go, wow, this is really cool. And, and I, I feel like a lot of those moments, I just missed them because we, it's so busy. Everything just like, you're like, Oh, got to beat the crowd. Got to get in the rental car. Got to, you know, it's like, you're just like onto the next. And I, this whole journey, like this whole, like the three weeks leading up to the pay-per-view and everything, I just felt very present in it and got to accept it. That's amazing because to your point, there's always on to the next. Oh, I just won the championship. This is my moment. Oh, wait, we got this thing coming up. We got to get out of there. So that's that's really, really cool that you were able to just enjoy that. I enjoyed the hell out of that as sitting in my seat because you and I have become really close friends over the years. And I knew how special what we were about to see was going to be. And then you went out and it had a banger of a match. I think it could have been a feel good, like, oh, all right, well, we, we saw Lita, everybody cheered, everybody felt good. But instead, you and Becky went out there and tore it down. And I know you had your doubts leading up to it. You were training extra hard. But was there a point in the matchup where you went, I'm Lita. I remember how to do this. Yeah, I think it wasn't, um, like, once we maybe got about three minutes into the match or so. Like what, okay. like I was just like leading up to it. Yeah, I was training, but like, it's nothing's the same. until you're live there. They're doing right. it. Right. And so 
I was like, I may take that first bump or like I may throw that first clothesline, like my shoulder might fall out of socket. Like I might be, this like might be a disaster. Like totally unravel in the ring. (laughs) Totally, totally. And so like a few minutes in after I'd like taken a few bumps and just like, just felt my feet under me a little bit. I was like, okay, I I think we're going to be good. (laughs) Like, you know, it was all kind of like in, in real time. And um, the trust that I had working with Becky was um, a huge factor in just knowing, okay, I know she's going to do her thing because she is in that zone where she's like out there defending every night, working every live event. Like she's, she's good. Um, whereas in my active career, I was used to being the veteran and making sure I had to lead somebody through. Um, but I was like, okay, Becky's good. Just focus on you. And that's all you need to do. And so, yeah, a couple minutes in, I think I was like, okay, I think you can breathe. I think you're going to be able to make it through the match. Like that was like first, the first tier was like, you can make it through the match. And then I think like going into the go home, like knowing, knowing our, our, like where we were going with that, I was like, oh, I think we got him. I was like, I think it's going to actually be good. You know? So it was like kind of steps and phases of, of feeling the match out. And I will say that, you know, as I mentioned before, I feel like I could feel that each and every step. Whereas prior it's a blur, you get to the back and you're like, I don't know, was it, what happened out there? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was kind of there. I feel like I was watching myself, you know, like an out of body experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's really well, but you guys told such an awesome story. It was such a simple story for me to, to tell and for Byron and Cole, it was, it was almost Rocky in that the veteran came back and, and was, did, did you have what it took? It was almost like a, like a Drago Rocky sort of situation. Yeah. And I even started to count you out on commentary. I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I guess this feel good moment, it, Lita's overmatched. And then you started fighting back and then the crowd came and everybody started to believe, which makes our job as storytellers so mm-hmm. much easier that the oh, women yeah. in the ring were actually doing the work and telling the story for us. But my question for you is, in the wake of that matchup, what kind of response did you receive, not only from the fans in Jeddah who were there live, but your fans around the world who have been Lita fans for so long? What did all that feel like after coming back and having this uber successful matchup? Yeah, I think the whole thing was so poetic. And I felt like the fans had wanted that moment for so long. And I didn't realize that I wanted, needed, or would feel a sense of satisfaction from having that moment. You know, I always maintained, no, I was, I'm happy with my career. I'm satisfied. Like you guys do your thing, girls. I just love watching the progress and and watching you guys keep smash, smashing glass ceilings. And I do believe that, but I was like, oh, like, like, I won't lie. Like that felt good. And it did give me like a sense of like peace having, having that as like, that's my last match. If, if that's my last match, right? Like, but it made me feel peace moving forward. So either if it's not my last match to be able to feel just like a clean slate going forward, or if it is, you know, I get asked so much, like every interview, like talk about your last match and crime time came out and like, did this show and stole your, like stole your fake like good stuff for me, you know, and to try to put a positive spin on that, like, no, it was funny and I'm a heel and that's cool. Like, like we all know that that's not how I felt. And so to go, yeah, 
that, you know, like that's where we were then, but here's where we are now. And then the present is where, is where it's important. And, um, to be able to say that with honesty feels like just, it feels really nice. You mentioned the word progress in your last answer, and that's sort of been a recurring theme for you personally and professionally. The last time we were in Dallas for WrestleMania, WWE Hall of Famer Lita unveiled the new women's championship. It was no longer the Divas Championship, and I know you you took a lot of pride and put a lot of work in you and Trish and your whole generation to sort of show that women are capable of so much more. We're headed back to Dallas for WrestleMania for two nights, and we have multiple women's championship matches that are not only on the card, but featured could be argued as main events. You've got Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. You've got Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. As of right now, you've got a triple threat for the WWE women's tag team championships. How does it make you feel as a pioneer to see how far the women in the business and the business as a whole have progressed? It's so great. I feel like we are getting to that point where Gender almost isn't discussed. It's just like banger matches, like whatever those are. And even going to Saudi Arabia where the the card was almost half, you know, made up of women with the chamber match and the tag match and and my match with Becky and going to like, as as you said, three featured matches for the multiple titles uh, on the line for the women. It's it's like, these are just going to be good matches, not... There's no it's like almost a disservice now to, to say, oh, but it's the women now. It's it, Oh, that was good for a women's match, which to, to be fair, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm sure that was from, from a fan's perspective. That's what captivated me about Lita, about Trish, about these women who weren't just pretty faces and went out there and wrestled and tore it down. But there was always sort of that caveat. Oh, that was one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. But now we've gotten to a point where, like you just said, a great match is a great match no matter who puts it on. Yeah, I just, uh, and I just love seeing the, um, when I was for those, like the few weeks backstage, like the confidence in the women now I feel like is so much more than, than when we were because they are empowered and they know that they like the opportunities feel boundless as opposed to, I felt when we were wrestling, it was like we had to sneak these opportunities in. Like we knew what we were doing, but we had to be like, oh, they don't know that this might be a great moment. Right. So let's just like- Let's not tell them. <laughs> let's, let's just- <laughs> I always felt like we were playing cards where we're like, I will give you one brawn panties match for in exchange for throwing me through a table. You know, like there was like this <laughs> bartering system happening because that's where we were then. Right. And so to be past that and to go, there's no more bartering. There's just like, shoot your shot, like pick your goals. Like they're attainable, and maybe not tomorrow, but like keep at it. And it's, it's like, it could happen. They're now viable options where once upon a time, it seemed insane to think that three women could headline a WrestleMania as Rhonda, Charlotte and Becky did together a few years back. The last match to go on, on the biggest show of the year was women. And again, to the point we're making now, it's two days full of high profile women's matches. Is there something that you're looking forward to more than the rest as we approach Dallas? My my favorite thing, honestly, is being um, in Gorilla or behind when the women come through and just to to feel how proud they are of accomplishing and having having their moment to, to get out there. I mean, I, I just, when you were setting that up, it made me think like, 
if me and Trish and Mickey went to the office and was like, we want to, we want to rest like main event WrestleMania. I mean, we would have been pat on the head and sent on, sent on our way, you know? <laughs> She's <laughs> ambitious. So, yeah. I'll give her that. <laughs> totally. And so just like, as you're setting up these matches, like I'm, I'm seeing them happen, right? As you're saying it, I'm feeling the crowd and it's just like, I, I love being there for that. You know, I remember watching when just um, when Rhonda and Charlotte and Becky were out there before and just like feeling like, wow, this, this feels important. You talk about uh, Rhonda, Charlotte, Becky, they're the ones that always get the headlines right now. They're the ones mm-hmm. that everyone's always talking about, but I want to ask the hall of famer Lita. Who do you have your eye on? And I'm not talking about for a match. I'm not trying to set up some. Who do yeah, you yeah. have your eye on that right now is on Raw and SmackDown that you're like, wow, that's a star? Yeah. So I got to be more obviously backstage at Raw, working with Becky leading up to it. And I will say that three women that I, I'm like, oh, we have, we have just, we are just getting started and seeing where these women can go is um, Dewdrop. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. I think all three of those women have not even like they've had these little moments and these little opportunities, but we're just scratching the surface there on what they could do to be players and like viable stars, like headlining cards in years to come. You know, it's cool you mentioned those three names because all three have worked with somebody that I get to see now every Tuesday at NXT, someone who's actually kind of helped you along with the Ruthless Aggression series when I was watching it, and that's Fit Finley. Oh, and wow. Fit yeah. is talking to all you know all these uh, women that are walking through that are so new in NXT. He's like, come here for a second, and has helped molding them. How important is Fit Finley to the next generation of women superstars? All right, so Fit has this magic combination of being very casual and like, you know, and but also believing in the women. I remember being more experienced than a lot of the women he was first mentoring. And he was like, yeah, yeah, they can just go up and do that. And I'm there going, they're going to kill themselves. Like they don't, don't have them do, do that. You know? And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. They can do it. You know? And, and I think it's, that's just his technique because it's like, if I build it up that it's this huge deal, like that, that's when things could get ugly. So um, I think that his, like, he's just very big, like, you got it. You know, like, and that's for me, like, that's what I need is someone just casually being like, no, it'll be fine. You know, (laughs) like, and so that's fit combined with his just decades of knowledge as um, a fighter. And that's something I feel like um, the women have needed for a long time, because a lot of the women have come from more like gymnastics or cheerleading or dance or like one of like those backgrounds that make them incredible athletes and really lend themselves to being great performers in the ring, but we've got to dirty it up a little bit, you know, and like make, make it look gritty and make it look like fight and get, you know, to get into that mode. And I think he's really good at that um, too, because he's more of like a, a brawler, like, you know, has been known, known as more of a brawler in in his career. And so I think that's like a great um, spice that he can put on these already great athletes and makes a huge difference. What are you doing with your time now that you have uh, not become, un- unfortunately, Raw Women's Champion? I know it's the road to WrestleMania. Being under the WWE umbrella, I'm sure you have plans for Dallas. But now, what does Lita's day-to-day look like now that you're not trying to become champion actively at this very moment? Yeah, so I 
did decide that, you know, I, I'd like, like I work out like leisurely, like, right. Just like lifestyle workout. Oh, I'm going to steal when, that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I work out leisurely. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not like training to, to win, but uh, I work out leisurely. And then, but you know, obviously I shifted gears once I got the call from rumble and I did decide, I was like, Oh, I think it, my body feels better when I, when I like pull the leisurely down a little bit. So, um, I do want to continue to train, not actively we're resetting here, not actively for a championship, but knowing that the way the WWE works too, is that you get those opportunities a lot of times without notice. And one thing I wished I had had just a little bit more time to prepare and so if I am closer to being ready, my body already feels good. And if there's an opportunity to seize that fifth title run, I'm ready. So full disclosure, I had absolutely planned to put you on the spot and say, Lita, point blank, are you done? Is there still more business? But I can already tell because you're my friend looking at your eyes through this Zoom call and the smile that washed over your face just <laughs> thinking about potentially mixing it up again. I can tell it's still in your heart. You can't take it out of your heart. What is the likelihood that, let's say, by the end of the year, we see Lita in the WWE ring again? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I am just honestly, like, taking this all as it comes. And I feel really, like, I'd be stoked, I think, to, to do something else. Whereas prior, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like, you know, and, and, and now I'm I'm questioning, like, were you being honest with yourself or was that just how you felt then? And this is how you feel now. Cause I'm all about changing your opinion. Like you like, don't back yourself into a corner just because you said I'm done or I'm not done. You know, Was it a case of maybe having doubts before you got that first one out of the way, so to speak. And now that that first one back is out of the way, it sort of opened up Pandora's box to where you go, man, there's so many, I, I feel like, like you said, you feel physically better. Was it kind of a confidence builder to where you think, yeah, maybe I could do this once in a while. A little bit, but I think it more so had to do with see, like be, even being in the rumble and there are women that I touched in there just so briefly, but I was like, oh, they're really strong or, or like they're really good or like seeing them from inside the ring work versus from, from television and just seeing how deep and talented the roster is, is like, wow, there's just so many possibilities of great matchups and that, that I would enjoy, like, you know, and I think the fans would enjoy. And, and, and so I wouldn't say it's Pandora's box. Like, I'm not just like, let me in there. Like anyone, anytime, let's do this. I'm like, no, but there's like, we, we could think about this and there could be some fun matchups that could just lead to this like cool cross-generational experience, not only for the women in the locker room, but for the fans too. I completely agree. I think that the possibilities truly are endless. You've shown that you are able to still get the job done. You know, we, we've talked a lot right now, Lita, about the locker room, the evolution the, and, and everything in your career. What I want to know, what's up with the llama? We talk about we're on a Zoom call right now. So if you're seeing anything <laughs> online, there's this great llama. I'm assuming that's a painting. Yeah, my brother gave it to me for Christmas one year. And then we... um he expanded my collection with some slots from there. So, yeah. See, I saw Pac-Man up there, too. 
Yeah, yeah, that's like the top of video, a video game. This thing. is what happens here that? on After Where the Bell. I try to it's handle the wrestling discussion <laughs> while Vic is distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> well, I'm a goldfish. Yeah. You got Basically. great artwork too, Graves. Let me just be nice to you. All right, Lita, before I let you go, WrestleMania is right around the corner. We've discussed at length the spectacular career that you've had. Everybody knows. If you had one piece of advice that you could give your younger self about this business at this stage in your life, what would it be? Without a doubt, it would be to enjoy the moments and and be in the moment as much as you can. Like I felt that so much this this whole past um, run and it made it so enjoyable. And I feel like it's so easy to get caught up on like the next, not only what's next as far as like now I have to defend my title, but like, I have an early flight or my travel was canceled or this and like just focusing on the stuff that like, it's just like, that's just part of the gig. So anyways, that's a given. Now be in the moment for the good stuff and be in the moment for the stuff that you can enjoy so that you can take those with you to get through the moments where you're frustrated or annoyed, you know, um, because those are bound to happen. I just really felt myself feeling appreciative for like, being in the ring, being halfway across the world, um, you know, just exploring towns for a little bit as I'm driving to the building and just being around so many talented and charismatic people backstage. Like I just really felt like that I enjoyed it and I didn't feel that I soaked that in as much as I could have when I um, was active. And I think that it would have made me happier when I was in my active run before. That's fantastic advice. I think everybody in the business as a whole, down to Vic and myself, can appreciate that sort of advice because this culture is such that it's always on to the next thing, on to the next town, on to the next match, on to the next show. So to be able to take a deep breath and appreciate, wow, we have pretty ridiculously outrageous, wild, cool lives. And, and I don't know if it's ride. like a humble thing to, to if somebody goes, oh, was that cool? But I feel like especially in our locker room, the culture is to go, uh, yeah, but you know, like we had to wait a really around a long time before we shot it and almost like start talking about the negative things. Yeah, and it's like, it yeah. could be to be like being humble. Cause you don't want to be like, yeah, it was awesome. They treated me great. And I got to do this fun thing, but I was treated great. And I got to do this fun thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, Lita, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your efforts. I want to thank you personally for allowing me to have as much fun calling your match with Becky. Uh, that was one of those ones that'll stand out to me because for a little while, I got to be a kid again. I got to be a fan. I got to believe in my friend and what she was doing in the ring, which unfortunately those opportunities are few and far between sometimes. So uh, you got to remind me why I love this so much. And you know, you're always welcome here on After the Bell. Thanks guys. Always good to talk to you. Always so much fun to catch up with Lita. Such a wealth of knowledge and still such a strong passion for this business. I never get tired. I, she's one of the ones that like I just hope never is out of the picture altogether. Like I think Lita has so much to offer the, the men and women coming up in this business with her experience and her knowledge. It's always a pleasure to pick her brain a little bit. Yeah, I haven't been around her as much as, as you have, obviously. But the one thing that I have always noticed is she never shies away from wanting to talk to anyone. She's very down to earth, and she's always willing to answer any question anyone throws at her, which is a, a rare quality in some individuals that get to her level. Totally, totally. Definitely a valuable asset to have around in WWE in any capacity. WWE Hall of Famer Lita. 
We are approaching WrestleMania the night before, immediately following Friday Night SmackDown, the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony, the class of 2022. We know the dead man, the Undertaker, will be inducted this year. And we just found out this week there will be another monstrous induction into the WWE Hall of Fame, a personal favorite of mine since childhood, the man they call Vader finally getting his honors in the WWE Hall of Fame. Vic, what's your immediate reaction? When I first saw it, smile came across my face. We've talked about Vader on this program, and we've gone back and relived uh, shows of yesteryear. He was a superstar. I don't know if you agree with this. He's a superstar, in my opinion, that was appreciated after the fact, not in real time, so to speak. I see your point. I'm going to disagree slightly in that Vader was truly a, a a trailblazer, much like Lita, because you never saw a guy that size possess the athleticism that Vader had. I remember being a kid. I, I put out a tweet last week when I found out that Vader was getting inducted about how when, when I was a child, I was terrified. That mask with the smoke and, and when Vader would make his entrance, was he, he wasn't human. Vader was something more. Vader was like something. He was a monster that they plucked out of the Rocky Mountains. This guy was terrifying. But the agility possessed by Vader, doing moonsaults at well over 400 plus pounds. I got lucky enough to uh, get to know and become pretty close with Vader's son, who at the time was known as Jake Carter in FCW. We were actually the FCW tag team champions in the infancy of what would go on to become NXT as we know it now. And I had the chance to, to hang out and chat with Vader from time to time. He would pop down to Tampa to hang out with, with Jesse and I got to have a few conversations with him. What stood out to me is even after many, many years after his retirement and maybe not in the greatest shape that he had been in his life, Vader was still able to get into the ring in Tampa and do the splits and he would be working oh. out and stretching. And I'm going, what is happening? Wow. He was so amazing and just, just a really fun guy. I didn't get to know him very well, but in my limited interactions with him, he was great to me all the time. I still keep in touch with his son to this day. Uh, I think it's a well-deserved honor. Unfortunately, Vader no longer with us to feel the adulation of the WWE universe, but that doesn't make it any less significant. I think this is absolutely an honor. And my only question is, what the hell took so long? Yeah, I think some people, you see the reaction on social media. Some had the same thought. And I, I will say that WrestleMania keeps getting bigger and bigger as each day passes. And the Hall of Fame is no different. Already a monstrous class forming along, as you mentioned, Vader and The Undertaker. And it's kind of like, well, who else is going to get inducted this year? Because the hits keep coming. It's been a wild week, wild time. We are truly on the road to WrestleMania. And luckily for you, After the Bell has got you covered between here and Dallas. Follow us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph, WWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Just hit After the Bell. Search After the Bell. Hit the follow button in that order. You have to search it before you follow it. That usually leads to more success. But either way, we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell.